HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Catskill Provisions. Located in a small corner of northwest Catskill Mountains, they specialize in creating raw, all-natural, handmade food products. For more information, visit CatskillProvisions.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, hey, you're listening to The Teen In. Today's show is at uh, heritageradionetwork.com, and we're here at Roberta's. And uh, so, you know, here at uh, Heritage, we're not shy of eating meat, especially in the winter. And so I'm so excited to have our guest on today. He's the founder, curer, uh, <laughs> artisanal... Um, charcuterie maker, that is, uh, Scott Brady of Brooklyn Cured. What's up? Not too much, Kathy. Happy to be here. I'm so glad you made it. Um, awesome. So we were just eating a lot of Super Bowl snacks yesterday. Did you have <laughs> like something awesome that you just pulled out for all your friends? And There uh, were many Super Bowl snacks last night. Yeah. Um, I uh, hang out usually with my high school friends for the Super Bowl, and it's usually three hours of... Watching the game, making fun of each other, catching up, it's, uh, and eating a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a really good time. We, uh, I just cooked up some of our sausages. We did a smoked beef and cheddar sausage, the Casa Kreiner, Ooh. and our buffalo chicken sausage with blue cheese. Which well, that's was, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, Who needs that, the wings? Seriously. We did have wings as well. <laughs> okay. That's, that's just how we <laughs> roll in, um, in old school Italian neighborhoods, I guess. Nice. <laughs> just nice. pile it on. But no, it was, a, it was a great time, and there were many sausages consumed. And How many different types of sausages do you make? Uh, that's, or have you made? That's a, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> um, the guys who work with me keep telling me, like weekend to weekend at our markets, how many we have. They're like, "Hey, Scott, now we have uh, twenty three. I'm like, "Really? How did we do that? There are like three <laughs> of us, and we don't we don't really like have a a, a big staff." Um, that is so exciting. I, th- I think it's about right now we have in rotation. Uh, between 20 and 25 but mm-hmm. we 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 try to keep it controlled by limiting what we wholesale mm-hmm. um so we we just are able to keep our sanity 
I think I mean that that just exemplifies one of the one of the things I love about uh, your business. Not only because it is uh, made with such care and it's always like I don't know if you could say fresh, but because <laughs> it's a cured product. But you know what I mean. It's it's um, just delicious. But also you have so much fun with these flavors. I mean, you just mentioned beef and cheddar sausages, and then uh, buffalo sausages. Right on. And your I think it's a country pate. Yeah. Has uh, like orange zest and clove yeah. in it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's we, brilliant. Thank you. That's. <laughs> I can't handle how brilliant that is. Thank and and you know, there's a lot of like recipes that are standard. Like this is what a fill in the blank. I don't know. Finocchio. What is it called? The finocchio. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is what these classic recipes are, and um, you just uh, bring a, a, a new creative and delicious local spin to it thank you so much um well that's that's ultimately what we're trying to accomplish with uh uh technique and with nods to tradition i i I mean i really feel like a lot of cooking in restaurants uh like some of the best dishes that are out there are or respect the traditional dishes that interpretations, have, yeah, yeah, that are that they're exactly they're exactly that they're gr- fantastic uh, new interpretations of old school classics, and you're just like reinventing something and making something new and exciting. Like right. that's that's what I feel like in restaurants. But for the whole class of charcuterie, we have some fresh sausages that we sell at the farmers markets. We don't do too many dry cured items yet, actually none, uh, because we're not allowed to. But we do a lot <laughs> of smoked meats and we do um, the smoked sausages. And a bunch of fresh sausages, and we just we, we really do like try to stay true to the classics, but also um, just reinterpret things in a way that makes it exciting for us, for the people who are buying them, like for mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's cool to like go shopping in Chinatown for a kefir lime leaves and lemongrass, mm-hmm. and to make a Thai chicken sausage and like find some funky fish sauce. It's like it's really cool. It's what we love about cooking and. If we think we can make something that it, that respects the tradition of these cuisines, we're gonna we're gonna do it, and we're gonna try to make it like so tasty and like still within the realm of like very well executed mm-hmm. uh, technique in terms of the charcuterie. That Amen. That's exciting. Um, and you mentioned something about like you can't make dry cured. You said you can make smoked. So smoking is not dry curing. No. Not not technically. No. Okay. Um, when Learn we, something new. Yeah. Well, um, there, there, there are like many different levels. Some dry cured uh, items are smoked, like a country ham, like a like a Benton's yeah. country ham would okay. be a smoked and dry cured item. So there are like many different categories that overlap mm-hmm. uh, in the overreaching category of charcuterie. Um, what we we do make uh, smoked meats and smoked sausages. So essentially, they're cooked through and they're uh, preserved. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Yeah, so the they're they're preserved by the smoke, and we do add uh, trace amounts of curing salt, I just see. so that they're safe for for um, packaging and for wholesale and retail sale and, and distribution as far as we get in Manhattan. You know, Manhattan okay. and Brooklyn. Um, we just um, yeah. Does so it require like an insane amount of like licenses to do dry curing? Um, there are a fair number of. <laughs> Well, it's as long as you're USDA inspected, it's not the number of licenses, it's the, merely the amount of paperwork and the amount of space uh, and the amount of recording of data that you have to do. I feel like that's something we'll get into eventually, mm-hmm. but uh, it's best as we're still relatively small and we've had 
a good deal of success with the pretty deep product line we already have. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're we're gonna get into that eventually, but yeah. right now it it um it might not be the greatest timing for us. But it's just a matter of having a lot of extra space and a lot of you need an administrative assistant basically to do this uh-huh. uh, <laughs> to log like temperatures uh, almost on a, like an hour to hour in a day to day basis oh, and yeah. pH level. It's so exciting. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And and you started this uh, business yourself. Uh, how long ago? It was in September of 2010. So this is very new. Relatively new, yeah. And yeah. this is amazing because I see Brooklyn Cured all over the place now. <laughs> yeah, it's we, really exciting. And you're at restaurants. You provide some stuff um, here and there. Yeah, we do. We we have about 10 restaurant accounts um, and maybe up to 15 specialty That's food a, stores. That should be a badge of uh, serious approval. Um, for, yeah, the stuff you make. Yeah, I mean, like the 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 people we work with and sell to, they they seem to give us positive feedback from the the people that are eating the product. Sometimes it's hard to let go and like let it go, and you give it to someone, <laughs> and you don't know what's going to happen to oh, it. Oh yeah, but, that's right. They might. But I mean, I mean, that's that that uh, that I let go of a while back. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of like we everyone we work with, from like Tess at Brooklyn Victory Garden to the guys at Zito Sandwich Shop. Um, we, we, I mean, know them personally, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. our partners. They're not just, like, clients, per se. So, yeah. like, they know what's up. They know our product. Like, we know them personally. They know us personally. It's it's really a lovely uh, situation. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how did you get into making charcuterie? Is this something that you picked up from your dad or your Uncle Bob, and then, like, after shooting a deer <laughs> one day, or what happened? <laughs> no. Um, um <clears throat> like, every, every, you would think that, um, like, people uh, assume that, uh, I, I have from? had a, Where did you grow up? I grew up in Bensonhurst in Brooklyn, so okay. we weren't very really. rural. <laughs> um, some, some of uh, our extended family and our dear friends do have a tradition of making uh, sausages in their basements and mm-hmm. dry curing meats in their basements. Um, so, but these were my friends and my family members whose parents came directly from Italy to New York. Um, and my parents were born in Brooklyn as well. So we didn't quite have that same tradition no. as some of the people that we knew. So that's like that. It's like we. It's woven into the Italian American culture to like twist out some sausages on your basement table. But I never grew up doing that. But I did grow up but eating those it. products. Yeah. yeah, yeah, certainly. And um, yeah, I've never been hunting. That's fascinating. But I visited. I visited many farms. I visited many of the farms we've cool. uh, we, that we work with. Um, and yeah, I'm just like a, a, a kid from the block. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just through through cooking in restaurants actually is where I got um, the the charcuterie bug. Wow. Yeah. And what's your favorite thing to to make right now? Wow, what a great question. Um, our favorite thing to make. We just started messing around with a, a smoked guanciale. So guanciale is a pork gel that's usually dry cured. But I thought it was dry cured, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but we're, we're just like trying to mess around with it to make it like fit within what we're able to do. So we just cured it like uh, bacon pretty simply for a couple of days and then smoked it off until it was cooked through Ooh. and like hit it with some freshly ground spices and uh, fresh herbs. And we've been selling that at our Park Slope oh Farmer's Market. Oh my gosh. And it's, that- yeah. That sounds like an improvement on guanciale <laughs> that I've had before. Thanks. Well, um, 
Yeah. It's it's in the style of, and it's it's just like a fun thing um, for us to do. It looks beautiful as well. So like it's also relatively simple to make, but mm-hmm. really nice to look at and brand new for us. So yeah, it's kind of fun. So uh, curing meats has been a tradition um, from Europe and actually everywhere, right? Um, everywhere. It's a way of preserving. A- absolutely. Um, it's the kill. Yeah, preserving the kill. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean they're they're. That I mean, that's what essentially what we're doing. We're we're preserving. I mean, we're not doing it because we have to. We're doing it because it tastes pretty good and we enjoy doing it currently. But the, its history is certainly steeped in uh, preserving every part of the animal and making sure your family and your extended family can eat throughout the year when there's uh, no availability mm-hmm. of meat and when there's like hunting seasons over or when. You can't get access yeah. uh, to meat. And when there's no refrigeration also. Right. Um, so, yeah. You but you're showing how good it actually is when you think and uh, about how to save your kill. <laughs> right. And I know you teach uh, charcuterie classes, too, occasionally. Yes. I taught a few at the 61 Local. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's inspiring. That shows people, you know, you can do this with your meat. Right. In the whatever, wherever. No, a- absolutely. I mean, we we really enjoy sharing our knowledge. I mean, it's not like it's really not rocket science. Like the some of those like technical things when you're measuring pH and dry curing things that gets to be a little bit complicated. Um, but ultimately, most of the products we're making, it's not like they're so inaccessible for people to make at home with a with a backyard smoker or with. Uh, a, a KitchenAid like sausage stuffer or, mm-hmm. or, or grinder. So yeah, they've been um, doing it for this long. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's it's just fun to bring a little bit of extra experience to the table and be able to communicate to people that this isn't such a big deal to uh, to make in your house if that's something you want to devote like a few hours of your weekend to. Yeah. Are you teaching any classes coming up soon? Because um, I need to go sometime. Yeah, you should come see us, Kathy, at, yeah. uh, at 61 Local on Tuesday, February 19th. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. Awesome. It, did I get that right? Yeah. February 19th. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it's from 7 to 9.30 and we, get, we do... Um, it's going to be a sausage making class, so we're going to do the basics sausage of sausage party. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so many of my friends joke around about <laughs> throughout the years. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a tasting of the sausages we make with some craft beers at 61 Local Selects, and it's going to be very hands-on. People are going to get to uh, make some sausage mixes and turn out some, some sausages in natural casings. That is a perfect winter date. Yeah, it's like just in time for Valentine's Day too. It's like a couple sausage week. No, we haven't quite branded it. Like that, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I can't wait to pick your brain some more. Um, cool. Okay, so we're going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude and musical interlude, and we'll be right back with Scott Brady. <laughs> This one's called Raja Hahe by the Budos Band on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
Catskill Provisions has Valentine's Day literally in the bag with their Seal the Deal gift bag. Start with chocolate honey truffles and then move on to breakfast in bed with their traceable organic pancake mix and New York State maple syrup. Sure to satisfy any ardent locavore, check out the Catskill Provisions Seal the Deal package at www.catskillprovisions.com. We all know what a foodie is, but what's foodiness? Foodiness is turning us into those chubby, slushy, slurping, lounge chair-bound morons in Wally, plugged in, pumped full of sugar, and brain dead. Chef Erica Wides is here to fight against foodiness. You have to keep drinking the Let's Get Real Kool-Aid for it to start to work. Let's Get Real. Rediscover real food every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In with Brooklyn Cured, the master of Brooklyn charcuterie, Scott Brady. Um, actually, Erica Wide's commercial right there just gave me an inspiration. I was going to ask you about how to cook more uh, with charcuterie, but we'll get to that just after a second because um, I see, you know, on packages for, um, you know, at the grocery store for bacon and so forth, like, you know, no nitrates, no sulfites. Is that something? No chemical. Like, what are what should we be looking out for here? And what are the big differences between um, products sure. that are cured? Um, the this is a very complex question that I've been delving into, uh, especially since the beginning of the year when we're a little bit slower without our outdoor farmers markets. I'm like delving more deeply into it, like talking to the people that buy from mm-hmm. us, like doing even deeper research than I've done. Um, so it's, it's, it's good that you uh, brought this up. Um, sulfites uh, are usually uh, an allergen that occur in wine. Um, and they're usually in a very minute amount. And we, we call that out on our labels when we, because we use a lot of wine in our, in our, Oh, uh, sausages. Um, I mean, uh, wine and many of them, but they're Yummy. like, they, it's less than like one part per million. I think if I'm getting that math right. Yeah. It's like one, less than one part per million within the wine. And then within the, the total mix of the, of the, the, the sausage recipe, it's even less than that. So it's the sulfites, honestly, I, I aren't much of an issue. Nitrates and nitrites are uh, something that people are, are very concerned about. I'm yeah. sorry. They add red, right? Um, they do, once you're adding it to a meat product, make the, after it's fully cooked, um, they make the meat appear pink or red. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's appealing. It's what everyone's used to when they're eating ham uh, from a deli or when they're eating pastrami or when they're eating hot dogs. Um, but so like, I mean, for instance, like if you were to cook a steak to rare or medium rare and you slice it, it would be nice and pink and red on the inside. But if you were to cook a steak to well done and you slice it, it looks kind of gray. Um, if there were no added uh, nitrites to cured meats, they would all look very gray. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's um, so relatively across the board. That's what you'd be dealing with. Not only is it. Uh, appealing to the eye, but also it uh, actually is necessary uh, for uh, shelf life. And when when you have a, a business where you're making these products and you're packaging them and you're distributing them, because you don't want something with a shelf life of two weeks or less, unless it's frozen, because then like something could very easily get lost in the shuffle there 
and the turnaround time and people rotating the product in the stores or if it's in transit. So then you're, you're dealing with like a, a volatile product. And if you're like us and you, you have most of your distribution locally, you can talk mm. to people and they can like cut their orders like very slim. I'm getting a very detailed, but okay. Yeah. Back back to um, like nitrates uh, and nitrates. Like if you see something like uh, a brand that that has an all natural label and it says it's uncured, um, the USDA designation for uncured means that it's not that uh, sodium nitrate or nitrite isn't directly added to the product, but in order to make that product pink, like ultimately the same chemical substance is added to it in the form of celery powder or something like swiss chard powder or some other vegetable derivative that has the same sodium nitrite in uh in in the end result so whether it says cured or whether it says uncured or whether it says all natural the end result is chemically exactly the same okay um you're good yeah i mean i mean that's not to say that every single Meat on the market has uh, some form of nitrite in it. Yeah, but it's common. It's very, yeah. it's very common if you're shopping in a in a market and there's a, a sealed package of some type of cured meat or or deli mm-hmm. meat or or sausage. Um, Are there any other additives that um, may maybe something we should look out for, or stay away from? Um. I mean, food coloring. I don't know. Food coloring. natural artificial flavor. <laughs> there. I mean, if it's natural flavoring, it's usually it's usually some combination of uh, spices. spices. I, I can't speak too too deeply about like how Other larger places. food yeah, processors right. like go about the designation for natural or, or artificial flavors because I've never considered to add that. Um, there are many different types of sodium compounds out there um that you could read on your label that you might want to avoid that's where like it that i mean almost most commercial hot dogs many commercial uh deli meats would have them on their on their labels um that, like a lot of brands are getting into like all natural uh or or like a cleaner labels i guess but mm-hmm. if you see sodium derivatives and in, in, in mass on a list of ingredients you might want to avoid that product because it's highly processed and um i don't know when i eat stuff like that it makes me feel a little loopy yeah but like we 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 add like in general maybe like about one gram per two pounds of sodium nitrite Mm -hmm. uh to the the products that require it if they're smoked for a long period of time it protects them as they are uh cooking for a long slow at a long I'm sorry. <laughs> They're cooking for a mm-hmm. long time in a slow temperature because it just prevents it. It's a it's a checkpoint for harmful bacteria to wow. grow. So we just put, try to put as little as possible and way less than some of the the larger manufacturers of these of these types of meats. Yeah, and I think I can taste the difference. If you've never had a, a taste of Scott's hot dogs, you really have never had a hot dog. I mean, it's just it's another it's another ballpark. Can I say? <laughs> Um, so i have this other problem i'm always like buying a big huge wedge of wadge of package of something Mm -hmm. cured 
And I have all these like leftovers because I just use a little bit for some stew or something like that, a soup maybe. Right. What should I? What else can I cook um, with using sauce? I don't know. Um, Everything. Yeah. Right. You, you could throw you, a party. It's, it's <laughs> you could totally do that. What what product? What type of item specifically you're talking about, Kathy? So I can like put it in like context. Okay. I have Is a it? huge wedge of duck prosciutto that I got from Hudson Valley Duck. Okay. Um, you can do a lot with that. You can. I would recommend like when you have something like that's dry cured like a duck prosciutto you want to cut it as small as possible in a tiny like dice for or slice it as thinly as possible um at home as as you can with your sharpest knife um you could you could toss it like once it's cut into small pieces you could add it to omelets um you can do you can totally like do uh some type of a a fun like sandwich on a toasted baguette with some with some cheese or with with some pickles and I mean you could do or like a banh mi version yeah you could totally yeah. like dress up a flatbread with that really quickly yeah I like the small quantities so that's why yeah. I have a lot <laughs> yeah well no that's, that that's, sounds good though yeah no Those it's great ones. it's it's that's the thing you can totally like extend uh, these types of products they 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 tend to like not cost like pennies you know so you can like extend their flavor and their and their reach throughout the meals that you make for yourself and your friends and your family by using them in smaller quantities um and just like freshening up something that you like to eat at home like scrambled eggs or Mm -hmm. omelets or you can make a carbonara like for for spaghetti with a duck prosciutto or any kind of like cured or or smoke type item is a is a good uh, well, the good thing is that they do last for a while because yeah, they're cured. Exactly. Excellent. So, um, okay. So, what is and this doesn't have to include anything cured, I guess. But what would you say is the ultimate date meal in your opinion? The ultimate date meal would be for me to make some fresh pasta at my place and to just like maybe have it be like a. Um, uh, kind of like a, a, a team effort to like roll out some fresh pasta and cut it and maybe make some ravioli or tortellini, um, which is a, a lot of fun. Another step. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, Shapes. it's, it takes a little like time and effort, but mm-hmm. once you roll out the, the pasta sheets, um, you just cut them into squares and you can fold them in. Uh, like it's with fun. A, yeah. It's, it's a, it's like a, playing it's, around with like, you know, like a kid. Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's the beauty of some Italian pasta shapes that they are very whimsical and they are very silly and they even have some silly names, like they're named for belly buttons and they're named <laughs> for, for ra- ra- radiators, <laughs> you know, it's that. like, yeah. It's radiators. Just, yeah. Like there's a, like a radiator type pasta. Actually the guys <laughs> at, um, Swaglini are making it. They're making some pretty rad stuff. That's it. I have to make my own, um, frog pasta it's not even that silly i'll come up with something really stupid to uh impress all those italian grannies uh so um okay so wow what was i about to say what kind of sauce though um that, that i mean that could be as varied and as simple as the season dictates um you could do something like uh like a simple red sauce with onions and garlic and maybe a little bit of uh pancetta or guanciale or bacon or just mm. like a little bit like in in the as like, a hint in yeah, the sauce. yeah 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 totally like an amatriciana like with um a, a little bit of chili flakes and a lot of tomato and some red onions 
and I'll, just starting out with by rendering some pancetta or guanciale. Oh, um, is that what a matriciana is? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. like a red sauce that has a hint of heat, and mm. a, usually it's guanciale and red onions. So it's got sweetness, it's I got totally heat, it's got acidity. That. Yeah, it's so simple too. It's okay. a- absolutely simple. You just render out some of the guanciale, then you cook your red onions in it, and then you cook your tomato sauce right in right in that same pot. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and then hit it with some chili flakes, and you're good to go. I like one pot things or, or mm. building flavors within one pot especially i'm a little lazy when it comes to cleaning up <laughs> because we clean up so much in the kitchen as it is um but at home i, I like to do things like one pot meals like braises or soups or chilies nice. when i do get the opportunity to cook <laughs> that just inspired me thank you very much um one <laughs> sure. last question any um new sausage or pate or something we should look out for that you're uh, about to Share sure. with the world. Yeah, um, we are going to be doing a, a poultry pate with roasted garlic, fresh herbs, and lemon, and mm. that will be at the Park Slope Market this Sunday. Um, people keep asking for different types of pates. Like everyone seems to be into our country pate, so we're trying to step up that that Chicken aspect pate. of our game. I never game. heard of that. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it's just a product of uh like what people might want and also what we have in the kitchen. Like we, we sometimes do turkey breasts for uh, some, of, some of the folks that have deli cases and we have uh, scraps of, of turkey around and we have some excess uh, chicken thighs from some of the chicken sausage we make. So we think it would be like a fun uh, thing to make. And it sounds refreshing too. Yeah. It sounds really nice. Yeah. I like, I like refreshing flavors at times. Yeah. Uh, like in poultry sort of like screams for, flavors that are a little bit lighter and softer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so cool yeah exciting like a, so park yeah. slope farmer's market coming up yeah on sunday look out for that all cool. right i guess that's about all the time we've got for today but check out brooklyncured.com and thank you so much again scott thank you so much kathy thanks everyone at heritage we'll see you next week Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.